Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. What's up, Penny? I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. I have no voice, so this is going to be a fun listen, I'm sure. But the uh, Magic just came back from 21 points down to beat the Sixers in Philly, and we were there. Let's go. All right, we are recording this live Monday night, January 30th. We are in a rented apartment uh, in the city center of Philadelphia. Penny and I just got back from the Magic, uh, defeating the Philadelphia 76ers 119 to 109 at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, Oh, man, where to begin? So. I could have begun with how the Magic, you know, beat the Pacers and then had two rough losses against the Heat and the Bulls. We're not doing that because the Magic just had a 21-point comeback victory and uh, no chicken for Philadelphia fans, right, Penny? Uh, Have you ever seen a group of people get more excited about the prospect of two missed free throws than we did tonight? No, and I mean, like we've seen it on TV. We watch basketball on TV like you have league pass I watch you know here and there whatever but um yeah Sixers fans go nuts for the opportunity at free chicken even the people that are sitting in really good seats that really don't need free chicken but you know there you go I mean the same reason why people go crazy for t-shirts and whatnot but um oh man I mean geez where do we even go from here all right so the inspiration for the trip so I am you know, born and raised in Orlando, and I am 34 years old. This team franchise, this Magic franchise, is about as old as I am. It's about as old as Penny is. And I had an opportunity, though, to see my other beloved team, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, and basically the opportunity for a road trip showed up where I've never spent this much money in my life on a sporting trip where – you know, the Eagles, they were up 21 nothing on the Giants a week ago, and I'm buying SeatGeek t- tickets for like twelve fifty each for, for me and Penny to go. Penny, uh, explain your NFL fandom and how this was actually your first NFL game that you went to on Sunday when the Eagles uh, blew out the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game 31-7. to Yeah, so I have uh, family from Pennsylvania, uh, as you do, uh, however, my family was Pittsburgh Steelers fans, so that's my football allegiance. But despite living in Orlando for the entirety of my life, very close to Tampa and Jacksonville and even Miami, had yet to go to an NFL football game. So uh, it's going to be really hard to top the one that we saw yesterday. Yeah, it was like absolute bed- bedlam. Like It was just insane, that Philly environment. It was worth every penny. I mean... I am a Philadelphia Eagles, Phillies, Flyers fan because my uh, dad and his side of uh, the family emigrated from Greece uh, to Philadelphia in 1970. They lived in, in Philadelphia for about 15 years before uh, 
my uncle had an opportunity to go to basically two colleges for engineering school. One was Colorado State and the other was UCF. And since they like going down to Florida, my dad and my uncle for uh, spring breaks in the 80s, back when spring breaks in the 80s were absolutely insane and fun probably. They're like, yeah, let's go down to Orlando. And uh, yeah, it kind of goes down from there. So my Philly sports fandom kind of comes down from uh, from my dad. And anyone that knows me knows that I am a very loyal person. So um, I have for as long as I've been able to put memories together, been a Magic, Eagles, Phillies, Flyers fan. And obviously with uh, Orlando City coming into the fold in my adulthood. But, um, yeah, we uh, we drove from Orlando to Philadelphia, and that's because Penny and I, for our jobs, are working remote, and we found a pretty nice uh, two-bedroom apartment at pretty good price. And, yeah, we're here in the city center, so we're – short walk away from stuff like Reading Terminal, from uh, the Metro Station to get down to both Lincoln Financial Field and the Wells Fargo Center. And yeah, there was an opportunity where not only to just go see my Eagles play in an NFC, NFC Championship game and enjoy the craziest football experience of my life, um, it was also an opportunity to see the Magic take on the Sixers twice. Now, be honest, Penny, we didn't come into this thinking we were actually going to win one of these two Sixer games, correct? Or maybe, I don't know, maybe we're hopeful. I, I mean, we were, like I say, we have a good precedent set from the uh, two Boston wins back-to-back on the road. My intention and hope was to get a split, uh, and now we get to go for more, right? Yeah, we get to be uh, a little bit greedy here because um, yeah, the Magic won 119-109 Monday night tonight here, and... We were down 21 points at one point, and yeah, it's it, it's one of those things where, look, I, the main reason for the trip was I want I needed the Eagles to win. Like I, I I I've never spent this much money on sporting events, and I needed the Eagles to get a win. And I honestly just wanted the Magic to actually play and give a damn and look well against the Sixers. And for about the first quarter, quarter and a half, we weren't really getting that against the Sixers. Um, Oh, man. All right, let's describe the experience going into the game. So, um, I mean, with the Eagles experience, like, we went to the game. We showed up a couple hours early for the tailgate. Like, it was Bedlam on the train going. It was just the tailgating was insane. There's over 67,000 fans in the stadium and maybe over 100,000 fans in the parking lots just partying and tailgating their minds. We Eagles won. It was like a quick battle to get back on the train, uh, on the SEPTA to get back uh, on the SEPTA Metro to get back into the city center. Broad Street was going insane. So yeah, that was Sunday. You know, I'm three and zero at Eagles games. One in Tampa that we won against the Bucks as a road team. I came here a couple of years ago when the Colts uh, played the Eagles. Eagles beat the Colts, and now I'm three and zero as an Eagles fan. But um, there were Sixer players at that Eagles game, and my thinking was, well, unless some of these Sixers players got sick or hung over being at the Eagles game yesterday, the odds are maybe, you know, I wasn't expecting a letdown from Philly. And, well, I, you know, the Magic ended up taking that game. You know, I, that, that's how I view it. But, um, you know, Joel Embiid, who was questionable coming into the game with that ankle, he was freezing his ass off in the suite. And... Yeah, I mean, I you know, the Magic were going to have to play a hell of a game to win tonight, and you know, it wasn't a complete game, but it was just a ridiculous comeback. And Philly, the Sixers had come into this game having won seven straight, 
nine and one in their last 10, 16 and four in their last 20. They were in a tie for second seed in the East, I believe, coming into the game. And Joel Embiid was just motivated uh, for not being named an all star for the Sixers and then just torched Jokic out of revenge with, for 47 and 18 just a few days ago. Um, you know, I, from a Magic perspective, the Magic had, again, rough losses to the Bulls and the Heat, and you were, there's a lot of just effort issues, consistency issues, and you're just hoping the Magic would show up. And speaking of All-Stars, you know, Paolo Bencaro finished seventh in Eastern All-Star voting. Pretty good for a rookie. Maybe he'll still get in his reserve, especially if the Magic win a few more of these games here in the next few weeks when the coaches have to decide on the reserves. But um, this was my first time in Wells Fargo Center. Penny, I believe this was your first time in Wells Fargo Center. Kind of describe the building, what impressed you, what about, you know, the Jumbotron impressed me how much. Like that, the bathrooms impressed me too. Like that, that Wells Fargo Center building is older than the Amway Center, but, you know, those two things, are, well, especially the Jumbotron, uh, Amway Center needs an upgrade of the Jumbotron. Well, for a big city, it's nice to have all of the major sports uh, arenas and stadiums all together. So that's nice. Uh, it really sets the stage for going to a sporting event uh, and kind of building the anticipation to get in. So let's, what I would like to do on this podcast here, because e- everyone's going to do a game recap, right? And we're going to do a game recap. But I want to take you inside the actual arena here. Uh, so uh, Pops and I arrive again our first time trying to go in inside of Wells Fargo uh, to see a Magic game. And uh, you doors open at 530 but not for us. Why, why is that? Uh, because the doors only open at 5.30 for season ticket holders, which we were not season ticket holders. And we got harshly told no a couple times. So explain how we ended up getting into the building. Yeah, so we tried a couple of doors because we're uh, in town trying to stimulate the economy. Um, and eventually there's a food hall entrance. So we go, okay, this is great. We're going we're gonna to get into... Uh, we're going to get into the arena uh, out of the cold, get some food, get a drink, and then get to our seats. Well, half of that was true. So we, we get into the arena. Uh, we're able to purchase uh, food and beverage, but we're still roped off from entering the actual arena concourse. So we, we made it halfway at that point. Uh, what victory beer did we get at, at the food hall? Do you remember what the – it was hot something, I feel like. But anyway, but um, the beer was good. I mean, look, anytime you go to a sporting event, you're paying as much for one beer as you would like a six-pack or even more. So, um, But the beer was good. And, yeah, at 6 o'clock, you know, they, they finally let the non-season ticket holders go through. And, you know, we did our kind of rounds around the concourse. We got uh, – we, you know, we checked out our seats. Uh Explain. Well, we sat in section 101, row two, which is the fifth lowest row. It goes double A, double B, double C. Funny that there's no double Ds, but um, it was one, and then we were in the second row, 101, mid court, uh, closer to the Sixers bench, but we're behind the uh, the scores table, so we had a really good view of everything. We had a really good view of a lot of ref challenge situations, but. Um, how would you rate your uh, your boneless wing uh, dinner? Because I thought it was actually pretty good, honestly. Well, yeah, we got we got good Zach Zarba viewing tonight, which is always a plus. 
boneless wings, you, you can't really screw them up. What was nice about uh, the concessions inside the arena, unlimited Ken's dressing. You want ranch, you want blue cheese, you want honey mustard. Hell, you want Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue. There's a vat of it for you and there's no extra charge. Sweet baby rays. No, I mean, you, you can literally just get full off of free condiments if you really wanted to do that, which I wouldn't do that. But anyway, so. Um, all right. Uh, oh, what do we. I, I'm a big fan of the pregame music uh, that we've been hearing playlist wise, both for the Eagles and the uh, and the Sixers pregame. Just some really, uh, really diverse DJ uh, selection. So it's really, really been cool for that. So. Um, Going into the game, I forgot, and it was quickly I saw during the shoot around interviews that this was Markel Fultz's first game back uh, at, since the Philadelphia 76ers traded him to the Magic. This was his first game back in Philly as a member of the Magic. And yeah, I mean, do we talk about the heckler now? I think we got to talk about the heckler. So I think the guy's name is Joe. Uh, but he was also in Section 101. He, uh, he didn't curse because he was with little ones or whatnot, but he, uh, he said Barkel sucked a lot, and he, uh, he berated him early, often, until about the fourth quarter. I think he finally quieted down after that because Markel was already up to a double-double at that point. But, um, and then I, uh, I, I talked with him a, f a little bit, both in the pregame and then at the very end when he was leaving before the game had ended, he, uh, he kindly actually said, good game. And I told him, I will see you Wednesday. So, but uh, any, further, uh, any further descriptions that I might be missing about the heckler there, Penny? Uh, well, I was just going to say, too, I think we saw the kind of Kobe Price tweet that there was some uh, mild booing of Markel Folds. I would categorize it, and maybe we were uh, in the wrong section, but there was quite a bit of hostility and a surprising amount, in my opinion. I, granted, there's the history of, you know, Jason Tatum uh, and Markel Folds' trade situation, but uh, again, Markel didn't do anything wrong in Philadelphia, and obviously the Sixers are in a good place as a franchise, so it was uh, interesting to see the uh, level of hate uh, and and the uh, level of voice displeasure kind of across the arena and specifically in our section. Yeah, no, for the for the uh, introductions, the uh, the Fultz booing was quite high. Like not Ben Simmons high, but it was it was high. They booed him. I think the Kobe Price tweet about the booing was I think related to the dunk towards the end of the game. That was basically like the dagger. I mean, there was probably a dagger before that, but. Um, yeah, good for Markel, because uh, I I will tell you now, that heckler is the reason why we came back. Like, I don't know if any of those players said anything, but, like, Mosley gave him some side-eye, like, angry side-eye staring. Um, the players heard him. Like, it was impossible. Like, if you were anywhere near that floor, like, you heard the heckler. Um, and this was like an Alfred Payton, like, Portland revenge-style situation where – um, I think some guy was making fun of Alfred Payton's hair in Portland. And with Fultz, the guy just, you know, berated him. Nothing like illegal, like, no, not like swearing or any of that, but just Mark Hill doesn't deserve that, I don't think. And it seemed like the rest of the team, you know, agreed with that. But all right, let's talk about the game a little bit here. So the Sixers got off to an 8 0 start. Not ideal. Um, 
some sketchy foul calls against us didn't help. Uh, but you know, we weren't even setting our feet well on jump shots. Like I, we were just like jumpy, jittery out of the gate. Like we just could not settle in to start. Wendell didn't want to have anything to do with Embiid at the start of the game. Like he was missing shots. He he just did not want to deal with Embiid. And I mean, look, Joel is a much bigger guy than Wendell, and very few men on this planet can defend him. Um, Wendell overall fares pretty well with with Joel. Um, but out of the gate, it, it wasn't looking good for him. I mean, we were down 17-4 to four at the first time out. You know, Mark Hill was the only Magic player to have scored at that point in the game. And, and then when Del Carter took his eyewear off early, I thought he was going to lose his eye by the end of the game because, you know, it seems like if he's not wearing them, he's going to get poked in the eye. Um, Zach Zarba let Shake Milton walk twice in front of him. Like, there were some, like, really questionable calls. Uh Morris Wagner came in. Things started to settle down a bit finally. Like the Magic were down 30-17 to 17 after the first period. Um, at that point, the entire team was fully aware of the heckler in our section 101. And, um, yeah, I mean, it. they didn't come out well in the second quarter to react to it. But, you know, Philly ended up going up, what, 20 as like guys like Shake Milton, Thibel, and, uh, and George Niang. They were just causing us problems. Um, the Sixers cheerleaders. Can we talk about the arms on them, cannon wise, with the T-shirt launch? Like these, like the T-shirt t- tossing. They were getting the T-shirts almost up to the upper bowl with some of their throwing. But um, yeah, I don't know if you want to get in on this, but um, yeah, I don't know if you got any comments or any of the stuff I said. I, well, okay, so T-shirt thing. If you thought Kelsey Plum was impressive. Try every single Sixers dancer with a cannon. Uh, I will give Philadelphia props the game entertainment-wise. You're getting a T-shirt launch in the second quarter and the fourth quarter as opposed to waiting all all game for one T-shirt launch. Um, So that was cool. Uh, Did you find – so obviously a little bit disjointed and jumpy to start the game, as you mentioned, and Wendell in in real quick foul trouble against Embiid kind of – uh, you know, picking up the second one with his face against uh, Embiid's elbow. But did you find a, kind of a lack of energy, too, from the team to start? What would you see in that first quarter and, and first, like, 18 minutes? I thought our energy was okay. It's just, I don't know, maybe it was misplaced. or I, I, there, there was some sloppiness, I would say. I don't know if that's an energy thing. or I mean, it kind of looked like some of the reasons why we lost the Bulls in the Heat game, where there was just – too much just sloppiness, too much, almost like a lack of focus, but I, I, don't, I wouldn't call it an effort issue. I don't know. Do you disagree? I, I don't know how much of it was disjointed or how much of it was maybe uh, kind of becoming more passive because of the early foul trouble and uh, Embiid getting off to a, a pretty dominant and hot start, um, but it, it didn't look good early. It, it didn't look good for us early. I thought it was going to be a long night with some uh, fun people around us, but uh, things started to creep and kind of change in the second quarter. Well, it looked bad early because you and I have either a history of going to Magic games that either end up being awesome or blowout losses. Like, there's no, like, in-between, really. Like, we've been to New Orleans where we lost by 40 in, in, in Dwight Howard's, like, last season. We, we got to see Daniel Orton's debut. That's how bad that game was. We were in Charlotte um, when, like, Biombo got posterized and we got killed by 30, I think it was. Um, but, I mean, we've we've seen some good ones. We were in – 
Atlanta when we swept the Hawks in the 2009 playoffs. Uh, we were at the three Magic playoff victories in 08 against the or the three uh, home playoff victories against the the Raptors in 08 in our building. Like we've we've seen some good stuff. Um, but I mean, I was at. <laughs> You weren't with me on that on that on the LA trip, but I mean, you know, I was there for Fultz's triple double in January 2020 when uh, the Magic beat the Lakers. Like it was, you know, I've seen some good stuff. We've seen some bad stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, it was. Can we say the game changed when Mo Bamba came in a little bit? Because like Bull Bull was not having a good game, and you got to treat Bull Bull like a rookie at this point because he hasn't. He hasn't played like a full season, I don't think, as a professional. Uh, you know, I, or I don't believe he has. But um, you know, you almost got to treat him like a rookie, and he's going through like a wall at this point. And look, he's going to be a great bench player for the Magic. I I wouldn't like rely on him a ton at the moment until he kind of finds his groove again because he's he's being figured out. He's being sloppy, sloppy with the ball. Like no, like I mean, you're you're a better basketball expert than I am. But like that handle is just way too loose, and everybody's reaching at it. But I think Mo Bamba did himself good trade value wise, and he helped swing. You know, he helped kind of settle us in a little bit in that second quarter. Yeah, I mean, to your point. The, the bowl bowl meet, uh, minutes tonight were a little bit excruciating and you're kind of seeing the worst of what he brings to the table in terms of uh, you certainly don't want to see him go up against Montrez Harrell uh, with that body against Bull's body getting kind of bullied around and everything. Um, certainly Mo Bamba came in and impacted the game. Mo Wagner ended up having a great game, but his first stint was not so good coming in for Wendell after the you know early foul trouble. So I think it's fair to say that, that Mo Bamba started to kind of uh, swing the pendulum back in, in our direction. Yeah, look, the real big star of the game is Paolo Bencaro. And, like, Paolo made a few buckets to kind of keep it things kind of respectable. We were down, like, 53-39 with, like, 319 to go until halftime. The Magic were only down 10 at halftime. I think it was 62-52 at halftime. It should have been less than 10 if Justin Van Dyne didn't miss push-offs and if Jonathan Sterling didn't play defense on Gary Harris for the Philly um, and if Zarba wasn't just a terrible lead official. But we were down 10 at halftime. And we're like, okay, we're, we're kind of hanging around. Um, fan of the halftime entertainment when it's not paid and it's just fans shooting around and stuff. I'm a fan of it. I don't know. What do you think? I, look, it's entertaining to watch people do a skills challenge, right? And it's also, let's not kid ourselves, it's also cost-effective when you're not shelling out big bucks for a quick change or uh, any of the other kind of... When, when's the last time you saw Red Panda? I was going to ask you. It's been, it's been a minute, I, I feel like. I don't know. You, you watch more League Pass than me, so I don't know. Who's, I don't remember the guy with the dog. I know the dog's name is Scooby. I don't know what the guy's name is. That guy's pretty good. Anyway, uh, it's disappointing but also expected given the climate that we're in. The NBA teams are going away away from uh, shelling out the big bucks for entertainment. Uh, I will say that watching Sixer fans try and complete a skills challenge was a lot better than the garage band that the Magic let perform pregame and halftime earlier this season. Fair enough. So we're down 10 at halftime, and, you know, there's some hope there. Like, all right, we're only down 10, whatever. But then the third quarter starts. And again, just like the start of the game, we ate we ate an 8-0 run. Like we're, we we took an 8-0 run across the face, and I'm like, oh my god. Um, 
Melton for Philly has been such a great acquisition for them. He's just super active on both ends of the floor. Um, and then Ben Carroll just carried our asses in the third. Um, he was up to 22 points when the Magic were only down 73-66 midway through the third. And this game was huge for Paolo because, I mean, he's been dealing with kind of rookie struggles here and there. And he needed a big boy game like this. And it was it, – it's you know, we'll get to the box score at the end here, but – he was just in awesome. It was phenomenal. And he did it in spurts, which, you know, it worked out. Um, Foltz pushed the tempo, and he had a double-double late in the third. I think his first double-double of the season, I think I saw. And, yeah, I mean, look, gosh. So, Paolo hit a three to tie it at 87-87. Just this run just came out of nowhere, and Foltz was a big reason for it. Gary hits a three off of just some a loo- some loose ball action. Suggs was throwing his body around and ended up being a loose ball three, basically, for Gary. We go up 90-87 with a minute to go in the third. Game on. All right, we got to talk about the photo of me circling around because I think it's around this point where I there's a shot of me looking kind of pissed off and potentially like mean mugging the camera, even though I had no idea where that Bally Sports camera was. I, I couldn't. I can't tell you, man, but, um, you know, people are, I guess I got to talk about my outfit too. So, uh, I received the old school magic jacket as a gift because it goes for like $180 in the store in the team shop in the Amway center. And, um, it's a beauty. Uh, Mitchell and Ness did screw up the logo on the back for diehard magic fans that know the, uh, the, the, the ball logo on the back is actually wrong. It's like reversed. They need to like flip it to correct it, but it's such a beautiful logo. It doesn't matter. So, um, I wore my Mitchell and Ness jacket. I, I'm going to wear the same exact, basically the same exact outfit on Wednesday now. Cause we won, but, um, I wore my Eagles beanie hat. Um, you know, I, for those that tweeted at me and the, that follow the show and kind of know that I won an is, is this anything hat. And I would have wore the hat, but David had still had not mailed it yet to me. Um, David reached out to me, said that he's going to, you know, it's in the mail of the hat. So when I get back from this Philly trip, it'll probably be at my house waiting for me. So um, that's why I'm not, you know, I wasn't wearing the hat. You know, and because I, I, you know, I told you, Penny, like if it came in the mail, I was going to wear it. So instead, I was wearing this Eagles beanies hat that I wore on Sunday yesterday. So, um, which I bought off, you know, street vendor for twenty bucks because it was a lot cheaper than what you could find at the team shop. Penny, you have one as well. Um, I guess the reason why you weren't on camera is because you didn't have your magic gear with you. I don't know if you want to explain that part or not, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I. I, I I was pretty mad at that point for various reasons. One, because I thought the refs were missing stuff. Two, because the heckler was still heckling. Um, I was also at the same time having fun with like other Sixers fans around me because I was like, you know, it was pretty tame, honestly, like the trash talking. Like I've I've dealt with way worse. Um, and you know, they they appreciated me at the end of the game. I think they were pretty, you know, we were, we're pretty respectable people. Like. The, word, the biggest things I say is let's go and come on, basically, for the most part. I think that's, that's my lexicon as a fan. But um, that Bally Sports screenshot didn't do me too many favors because I looked angry. But I, I was hoping they would actually go back to me like towards the end of the game when I'm smiling my ass off and being happy. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to wear the Eagles beanie again. 
Uh, people were, were, I think Jeff Turner, because somebody commented and said what Jeff Turner was saying, but apparently Jeff Turner on the broadcast said that that was very smart of, where, of me to wear an Eagles beanie to try and, I guess, keep me safe or endear me with Philly fans. I mean, I'm a Philly fan, basically, so, like, I, I know how it works for the most part. And um, even on the train on the way back, like, everybody was great. They were nice or whatever. They were fine. Um, and some of them were confused with the with the beanie and the, and the magic jacket. And, you know, I explain it, you know. It's like Eagles, Phillies, Flyers fan, and then I'm from Orlando. I'm a magic fan. Simple as that. I'm not a flip-flopper. Definitely not a bandwagon fan because, like, I'm a Magic fan. We've never won an NBA championship. The Eagles just for over the past five years have been good, 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 good. Um, uh, you know, it's funny that they're playing the Chiefs now in the Super Bowl because Andy Reid is, like, the greatest Eagles coach of all time. And now the, the Eagles got to beat uh, him in, in the Super Bowl in Phoenix here coming up. But uh, anyway, don't want to diverge on that. But um, that's the explanation for the outfit. I'm probably going to wear the same thing on Wednesday now because we won. And uh, – yeah, I don't know if you want to explain any of that stuff that I said, Penny, or not. Um, just, it's nice. It's a good out to diffuse any situation when you're wearing the Eagles beanie. Uh, you go can bird. just throw go, go birds out there, and we're, uh, we're safe in any situation. Uh, but it's been fun interacting with the Philly sports fans over the last two days. We'll get to do it again Wednesday night. Um, we got Figure out the seat thing. We, we got to figure out the seat thing because we haven't gotten our tickets yet for Wednesday. But I guess we're going to try and go for something similar in that same area. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, Philly fans will be burned, hung over from celebrating Eagle victory still and burned out from making the trek down there to see a lowly Magic team back-to-back that will uh, end up getting some similarly good seats at a, at a decent price here so we can get you on television again. Well, we should get ourselves on television, but you forget your magic gear, so we got I can't buy anything up here, man. So, but um, anyway, we're up four, entering the fourth quarter. Bull inexplicably, inexplicably, yeah, I can't say it. Anyway, Bull checked in with the magic up ninety five, ninety four. Isaac was done for the night at that point. He'd done okay, you know. He's he's still coming back, whatever. We didn't see Mobamba again, and. To buy Moritz Wagner some time, some rest. Like Wendell hadn't come back in because he was dealing with the plantar fasciitis thing, I guess. Because, yeah, I mean, visibly hobbled. Yeah, <laughs> he's coming. He's hobbling to the scores table to check in, and then limping onto the floor to play in the game. It didn't seem like the best choice from uh, Mose there. So MB like checked back in. Like the magic, it was it was ninety seven ninety seven with eight thirty one to go in the game. Moritz got a huge and one on Embiid that just forced uh, Joel to pick up his fifth foul. Philly challenged it. This was probably my most boisterous moment of the night because I'm yelling back, he's leaning. He's leaning backwards before anything happened. And thankfully the refs didn't overturn it. This is where I'm talking like with the other folks around me because some of them are like, oh, yeah, like, you know, he leaned him with the shoulder or whatever. No, like Joel's leaning back. Like that's not getting overturned. I'm sorry, but – um, yeah, I mean, Magic then were up 109-101 off a very timely Cole Anthony three, which he needed with 541 to go in the game. Cole needed that three. He wasn't having that great of a game. You and I were already looking for when Fultz was supposed to check back in the game. He was late on getting Gary back in the game, I thought. Even though, like, Suggs was great, hustle, all that, I get that. But, like, Gary can hit threes. And 
Cole badly needed to hit a three. He did. Um, you know, Wendell limped back onto the floor, as you said, with 420 to go in the game and the Magic up six. Then Markel came back in the game with 324 left, and we just grinded it out from there to the finish. And I don't know, man. I I can't remember what the score was when I finally felt like we were safe. We were probably, like, up, like, eight with, like, two minutes left maybe. And not even that. It was probably, like, a minute and a half to go. But um, I don't describe that finish. Describe, I guess, Mosley's decisions and decisions late a little bit there. Um, like, it helps when you win. But I thought, like, you shouldn't have put Bull back in. Gary and Markel need to be back in that game sooner. But, I mean, it worked out. And we'll see from, you know, what happens Wednesday. But, um yeah, I mean, we grinded it out. Yeah, it was interesting to me. And look, we always have uh, nits to pick with uh, coaching. I uh, don't want to harp too much on it when you get a, a huge win like we got tonight. Um, it was interesting to me that uh, both uh, Nate Tibbetts and, and Jesse Wormus had a lot of uh, help tonight for Jamal Mosley bringing him a lot of ideas, uh, racing up to, you know, into the coaching box to uh, give him ideas that were either yes or no, uh, including trying to get Franz Wagner like a minute, minute and a half below late in the fourth quarter, which was kind of risky. Um, but look, the, the momentum of the game, yeah, we cut into the lead in the second quarter, got it down to, what, 10 at halftime. But the momentum of the game really changed in the third quarter when we were able to take the lead for the first time. And to me, it felt like, okay, let's, you know, we get a buy time here with the reserves and then go back to that lineup to finish the game strong. Uh, as Mosley is wont to do, he went with the reserves a little bit longer, thought Gary Harris was playing great and should have got in a little sooner. And then, uh, again, we talked about Markel always kind of comes back a little later than we think in the fourth. That being said, to me, the takeaway was not only the, the resiliency to kind of weather the storm and even self-inflicted, right? It just wasn't a great start. I don't think it was anything Philadelphia was doing necessarily that got us off to such a poor start. Weathering the storm, um, and then in the second half in particular, no fear, no backing down. I mean, you're talking about rookie Paolo Bancaro. You're talking about, uh, you know, possibly iffy free throw shooter Markel Folds, and they're going chest to chest with Embiid in the paint and and more often than not finishing uh, if not drawing the foul or making it a really easy cleanup for somebody else like J.I. or Wendell to come in and uh, tap it or slam it home so we were relentless in the second half it was certainly the Magic deserved the win that they got tonight um, and it's always fun again to um, if it's not going to be like a buzzer beating shot or something it's always fun to have that last minute minute and a half where it's a little coronation for you as a as a fan on the road to get to uh, cheer to the final horn yeah when the the best feeling in the world going to these games well one especially when you like I always recommend anybody try and sit close at least once for an NBA game because like you really, really see the physicality. Like, like when Penny's saying, like, relentless effort from the Magic in the second half, it was relentless. Like, Markel went at all the Phillies' bigs and bodies with no fear, just full contact. And if he didn't finish it, somebody else finished it. That third quarter was just – it was insane. We won the third quarter 42-28. to 28. Like – completely erased that first quarter problem where we went we lost the first quarter 30 to 17 we won the third quarter 42 to 28 in the game 
Points in the paint was close. Second chance points, Magic 22, Sixers 8. Fast break points, Magic 28, Sixers 14. We doubled them on the break, and all that's because of Markel. And, I mean, if you look at everything else, like the Magic ended up getting the free throw line more deservedly. Free uh, Three-point shooting was about the same, literally. Magic were 11 of 29 on threes. It was 11 of 30 on threes for the Sixers. Um, you know, everything else from there, I mean – turnovers we we actually only turned the ball over 10 times philly turned the ball over 19 that's not a we like i i can't imagine we've had many games where we've had 10 or fewer turnovers this season and you know mb got his you know cool man you got 30 11 but you know everybody else either struggled like tobias he had 17 but like he he shrunk in big moments um, you know, DeAnthony Melton, I thought he had a pretty good game. Harden, 5 of 14 from the field, 17 points, 8 boards, 6 assists, whatever. That's fine. I'll take that all day. He had the worst plus minus in the game of minus 19. So there you go. Um, and <laughs> I was worried when they threw Paul Reed into the game at one point. I'm like, oh, my God, not Paul Reed. But, um, yeah, I mean, this this game, you look at the two big performances for the well three big performances like Mo Wagner had 22 points off the bench you know he almost dragged us back and won that Bulls game for us you know and and then the other big performances were you know Markel Fultz even though he shot 414 like he got blocked three times by Embiid actually Franz got blocked three times by Embiid but Fultz was 414 from the field but he had the 10 assists he had the 12 points you know, he he and the four steals. He drove the comeback, man. He was immense. Um the biggest star of them all for the Magic was Paolo Bencaro, the twenty nine points, nine rebounds. That's nothing to shrug at. Nine rebounds is pretty big for him. Eleven of twenty two shooting, three of five on three pointers. Um he picked up a little bit more slack when like Franz he didn't have he he, did, he had an okay game. Nineteen points, seven of sixteen shooting. Um Window, I don't know if he'll be fine Wednesday because of plantar fasciitis. I was surprised they threw him back in with four minutes to go. He did not move that great, right, Penny? Like, he he struggled. Like, I remember, like, Harden drove, and, like, Wendell could not keep up with him. Um, but any any thoughts on that or anything else at the moment? Yeah, I'd be shocked if Wendell played on Wednesday, which is why it ended up becoming so important to go ahead and get the victory uh, in a game where we clawed back and made things interesting. Um, overall, again, probably one of the better wins of the year. If you're talking about, yeah, if you're talking about, uh, from a mental, uh, you know, uh, aspect and, and trying to really will this team into any kind of play in contention, um, now can we double down and sweep another, uh, Northeastern kind of Atlantic foe? I mean, it's it's possible, right? I mean, you did it once. Why why can't you do it again? And like, we didn't play well for a good chunk of the game. Like, I understand. Like, it took a hell of a comeback in the second half to pull it off. But like, if you show up from the get go on Wednesday, whether Wendell's playing or not, start Moritz. Let Bamba play. He earned he earned minutes tonight to play Wednesday. Like, I'm the biggest Mo Bamba critic. He freaking earned minutes tonight. And we, and either way, it's probably going to help his trade value. You know, is he going to hit seven threes in the first half again? Probably not. But um, you know, it's I'm hopeful for for another good showing. Like 
you know, you, you can get a little greedy. My, you know, are we expecting it? No. I mean, the Sixers are still, you know, 32 and 17, I think, after tonight. Magic are 20 and 31. As of this pod, uh, you know, we're still hanging around four games out of the play-in. Got a badly needed win after a really disappointing past few games. And, yeah, I mean, Fultz is going to get a lot more respect going into Wednesday. That's for damn sure. Um, I don't know. Any final thoughts before we get out of here, Penny? Because, uh, you know, David Steele already reached out to me. He said the hat's in the mail. He said supposedly they're going to try and find find us in the crowd or whatever for uh, for the next game. But, uh, you know, hopefully I get to see him before the game because that's the other thing. I hate it when – arenas put broadcast crews up in like the upper sections of the arena like it, it's really like put them down by the, in the scores table you got room for it so um it's really disappointing like they you know they they weren't like in the upper bowl thank god but you know they were basically like towards the tunnel of the lower bowl sections high up um so um yeah i mean it's just an awesome win and this is what fandom's about you know i you know Sometimes you're going to go to a game and you're going to get blown out by 40, but sometimes you get stuff like this where it's fun and you lose your voice and you look forward to the future of this team. Like our, you know, we have a hell of a core. All of them are under the age of 25 at the moment. And, you know, I know that trade deadlines around the corner, but we're, we're showing promise. That's all I can ask for is Mosley perfect. Fuck no. But that team buys in and that's half the battle when it comes to this league and yeah let's do it again wednesday penny you got any final thoughts before we get out of here hey one final thing just on paolo we 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 got to see uh, one of his better performances where he really put his stamp on the game and that's no slouch i mean pj tucker is a little bit older now but that's a quality defensive team and especially with joel Embiid on the back line let's do it again wednesday yeah, Paolo's a grown-ass man. He's the rookie of the year. All right, please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Oh, God, I'm losing my voice. It helps our podcast ranking a lot. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And I am at Papa Giorgio MBO. With that, take care. Let's go magic. No chicken for you, Philly.